The H1B guy here, and today the H1B guy interviews Sarab Devon shares his experience relocating to Canada with Mob Squad. But before we get started, I'd like to ask you if you haven't already to please subscribe to the H1B guy channel here on YouTube and like this video so that I can continue to produce more content like this for you. I also wanted to mention the H1B Guy offers a variety of consulting services. I help businesses and individuals solve complex work authorization issues and the recruitment process while bringing awareness to employment-based immigration benefits. If I can help you, please reach out. I'd love to hear how. And you can book an appointment directly with me via the h1bguy.com. Today's post is brought to you exclusively by Mob Squad. Are you a technology professional facing U.S. work visa-related challenges? Don't leave your fate up to chance. Our partner, Mob Squad, has a solution. Join the squad. Well, I'm really excited to welcome Sarab in today. Uh, this is a pre-recorded interview, and Sarab wanted to come in and tell a little bit about his journey uh, from India to the U.S., then to Canada. So, Sarab, welcome in. How you doing? Doing good. How are you? I'm doing very well. I really appreciate you taking the time to uh, sit down and uh, speak with me today. Really excited to have you on and uh, and talk about your journey, which is a story that literally thousands of individuals deal with on an annual basis here in the U.S. So, if you wouldn't mind, can you maybe tell me a little bit about your story? You know, where you're originally from and why did you initially come to the U.S.? Yeah, sure. So uh, I'm from a small town in central part of India, Bhilai. Uh, I did all my schooling over there and then uh, moved to southern part of India, did my bachelor's in computer science in my, from Manipal Institute of Technology. After doing that, uh, I moved to North India, stayed there for two and a half years, worked, uh, working as test engineer uh, in a fintech. Uh, while I was working there, I realized that uh, I wanted to progress my career uh, in a data analytics field. Now, during that time, there were not many courses back in India uh, that offered uh, such program. So I started looking for uh, universities where I could pursue this course um, and I shortlisted few, most of them were in US. So I decided to uh, move forward with uh, my option of going to US for my master's. You were considering other universities. Were you mm -hmm. looking at, at any institutions outside of the United States? So yeah, uh, I mean, the second option obviously was uh, doing my master's in Canada. Uh, Back then, uh, in fact, my roommate actually moved to Canada to uh, do his master's. So I was considering that, but uh, the course which I was looking for, business analytics at that time, uh, in Canada, there were very limited options for it. While U.S. had uh, already well-established uh, programs in many universities, so I opted for going to the U.S. So came and... 2019 is that right uh, so i came in us in 2017 2017 uh, graduated, graduated in 2019 got it got it um so going back you know 
booking your plane tickets, coming to the U.S. in, in 2017, if you could turn the clock back you know, five years now and, and give yourself stepping on that plane some advice, what would it be? That's an interesting question. Um, if I would give myself an advice, that would definitely be to not stress over things that I cannot control. And that basically <laughs> comes out to be H1B. But uh, I think keeping that in mind is very important. Um, so I would definitely advise myself to not try to control things or worry about things that are uh, beyond self-control and i think that's the hardest part is there's this uncertainty there are new mm -hmm. guarantees and high skilled immigration here in the u.s and mm -hmm. I, I think that's a very interesting point because i think it's one of the things when we look at international students as a whole you know there's there's really about five countries that they predominantly come from to the US for higher education. Uh, so let's talk about University of Texas at Dallas, UTD for short, very popular um, institution for international students and and specifically in, in Indian nationals. Uh, after you graduated and, and you graduated with a, a degree, master's degree in, in business analytics, mm -hmm. uh, what happened? So uh, I already had like uh, plans on how uh, one can get like a job. You have to find an internship, uh, which I did during my, uh, I first got like my summer internship back in 2018. Uh, and continued with the same firm. Uh, even after getting graduated, I joined the uh, same company with full-time role. Uh, so I didn't have, like, say, a lot of issues, like finding job. I was, uh, I got it in on time, like, uh, did all three terms of internships, got full-time uh, right at the time I was eligible for. So uh, I didn't face a lot of hassle over there on that aspect. So landed an internship as an F1, mm -hmm. working for uh, an organization that was in line with your, your master's program. Mm -hmm. How did you approach the subject of temporary work authorization with your, with your employer, even through the internship and then mm -hmm. in full-time employment? Yeah, so uh, right after like my first term of internship, uh, I had a conversation with my manager at the time and uh, he was quite impressed with my performance. So they, they actually did file for my H1B during my uh, internship also. So I actually got one extra chance. Uh, and uh, I didn't get through during that time. And uh, that was all based on my bachelor's degree. So I didn't get like the master's benefit at the time, but I did got, uh, like I was in the pool uh, in 2018 too. So uh, moving forward, like when uh, after graduation, they were already open because they had uh, filed uh, uh, for my uh, H1B before. So they were all set and supportive for immigration. So uh, they did file like for the next following year too. So first lottery attempt was 2019? Yes, uh, 2019. that was uh, 
not based on my uh, master's that was on my bachelor's degree. Okay, so in the 65,000 annual available, you're in the the first pool, if you yep. will. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think the thing that's interesting here is got a, an opportunity as an intern, proved your value to the organization, working for kind of a, a tech startup-ish type company that was open to the idea of sponsorship. And I think that's the key. I get asked this question a lot, Saurabh, by individuals you know, that are in master's programs. How do I land this internship? And how do I talk to my employer about me um, needing and requiring sponsorship at a, at a future date? And you know, your situation was one that um, there was a little bit of luck involved, but a lot of that is skill, right? Where you get in and, and provide value to the organization and they see that immediate benefit of you and the difficulty that it would be to go out and hire someone um, of a similar caliber. You're a proven commodity. And I talk about this all the time. And that's why you know H-1B visas are so valuable is because for folks that are already here living and working in the U.S. and for employers, um, it is the primary option, but because it is the primary option and there is a limited number, 85,000 total, um, individuals such as yourself go through really multiple failed attempts, as I like to refer to it as. So failed attempt in 2019. Uh, graduated, got a master's degree. So now you're in the advanced category, the the 20,000 failed attempt in 2020. Uh, And then an OPT, I'm assuming you're on your OPT STEM extension now at at this point. So um, into kind of the the second phase of, of your OPT, that 24 months. Failed attempt in 2021 as well. Uh, mm-hmm. So when did you realize, Sarab, that, that this was a problem and that you needed to find an alternate solution? So uh, right from the very beginning, I always knew that uh, H-1B is a lottery and you have to treat it that way. Uh, but in my head, like I fixed a deadline that before my second last attempt, if I didn't get H-1B, I would start looking for uh, second options. Uh, and uh, right at that moment, like after my second last time, that was in 2021, when I didn't get through, I had a conversation with my employer in US that uh, this is the situation. And since the company I was, I'm working for only operates in US, they didn't have like options to directly migrate me to their other branches in some other countries. So I uh, had the discussion uh, they did find me as a valuable resource, so they were ready to explore other options. Um, they did let me decide like what I actually wanted to do, like whether I want to go for uh, another master's or PhD or uh, do like day one CPT, uh, or even they even were open to for me to move back to India and work with them on a uh, contract. But then I just started like gave myself some time to think through find other options and uh, that is when i came uh, uh, through mobs went forward with it so considering 
advanced education, right? The mm-hmm. CPT track, potentially PhD, which there's a gap in terms of immediate work authorization there mm-hmm. once you've expired your, your OPT STEM. Mm-hmm. Um, considering going back where you originally started mm-hmm. and kind of on a, a, a consultancy basis, it sounds mm-hmm. like, um, and classic, you know, offshore model. So mm-hmm. enter Mob Squad mm-hmm. and this concept of, of nearshore or, or even global parking now that's become, you know, so popular over the last several years. Um, how did you find Mob Squad? So I had no idea about like this was even an option. And uh, while I was discussing like uh, what we can do with my employer, a lot of uh, options we came across, they were ready to provide like HR solutions and you move to some country, but they will handle the HR part of it. But there was no other firm that could offer like immigration services as Mob Squad does. Uh, so uh, I didn't came uh, through like anything uh, over social media, but my wife actually found a video on Facebook and she just forwarded me and I saw like and went through. Uh, first, when I heard about like everything, uh, I was like, this is too good to be true. So I did more research and uh, then things went on. So your wife finds a YouTube video and says, hey, I think you should check this out. Mm-hmm. You go to their website, do like an initial reach out, fill out one of their their survey forms that's that's on their website. How, how does it go from there? Can you walk me through the process of, of what was the follow up like on uh, Mob Squad's behalf? And then I guess what I'm really interested in is that once you've had the conversation with Mob Squad, Mm-hmm. How do you approach this with your employer? So uh, I like uh, came to know about Mobsquad around June, July of 2021. And uh, that is when I went to their website, read through all the process works, uh, filled out the form they have. And then uh, the partnership manager reached out to me. Uh, what I did was like basically send them my resume and ask like whether they uh, can work with somebody coming from my profile because all the videos which I have saw, which I saw previously were uh, mostly from software engineers and I I was in data analytics field so I was not sure if the, they will work with a profile like mine. Uh, I got a response within a day that uh, they were they can work. Uh, if, for the field I'm working on. Um, after that, like I uh, talked with my HR, uh, same time around August of 21, I explained him that this could be an option. He talked with uh, supervisors and uh, they were like ready to take on the option since I was already like way ahead uh, because I still had one option, uh, one lottery left at the, at the time. Um, what we wanted is like to try it out and then go for the mob squad option. So, uh, they, like the MyHR only asked me to like, when do we start the conversation with mob squad? So we waited for a few months and around November of, uh, 21, that is when, uh, MyHR and the partnership manager for mob squad had their initial conversation. 
and uh, we decided like uh, we can move slowly uh, forward with all the process and uh, get things uh, lined up uh, so that once I know my lottery results, we will all be set to uh, move forward with the mob squad option if in case I was not picked for the lottery. Yeah, and I had uh, both Jessa and Nicole on um, the channel about a month ago. And, um, you know, I couldn't have been more impressed. And I think that's the one thing that, you know, you kind of confirmed here that they both said is like, listen, if you reach out to us directly, we will get back to you. And the fact that they're turning around the response in a day, but also willing to work at your pace with your employer, right? Mm -hmm. You know, it isn't a matter of, oh, hey, I, we reach out to you in a day. We're ready to make this happen immediately. Like it was a situation for you where your HR was open to it, but the conversation didn't, you know, really move ex until a few months, you know, after the initial reach out. So I, I think the thing that I find really interesting here is time frame mm -hmm. and making sure that, you know, kind of as we talk about, don't leave your fate up to chance. You you had another lottery option but yet you kind of took your own situation in your own hands and were proactive in the approach and, and there's no harm that can come to you the individual to say listen my time here is temporary and i don't have a guarantee of what the future looks like going forward so mob squad initiates the the, the process um when does it become like a realization for you that, wow, like this is happening. I'm leaving Texas and I'm going to Canada. When, when did that become a reality for you? So uh, actually mentally I was prepared uh, that it could happen because I was already in the lottery three times and failed. So uh, I actually had like a draft of offer letter even before, like a week before the H1B lottery. So I was all uh, okay, even if I was not picked because I had a very solid uh, option. Um, so when the results came of lot, the uh, lottery in 2022, that was like in first week of April, uh, all I had to do because that, since we had done all the process pr uh, prior to the lottery, all I had to do was basically sign the uh, offer letter and that was taken care in the first week of April, right after I came to know that I didn't, I was not selected in the lottery. Uh, so we were just like all uh, set to proceed with the uh, option for Canada starting second week of April. So one of the 483,000 plus registrations and unfortunately, not one of the 127,000 plus that were initially selected. Mm -hmm. uh, but you were ready to mobilize. And, and I think that that's the, the important aspect here. Um, so from when the process starts to when you've got the green light, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, roughly about eight weeks or so. So a couple mm -hmm. months after the beginning of April. Um, and, and you mentioned your wife earlier. Mm -hmm. what's she advising you through all of this? Cause I think the situation in Canada for her mm -hmm. is, is different because 
they can get a work permit, they meaning Mob Squad here, for not only you, but for your spouse. And that changes things significantly um, for someone like you who's working under a, a, an OPT uh, or OPT STEM. Yep, uh, that was like a one, one of our very important factors. Uh, since I was like in F1 visa, she came on F2, she couldn't work during that all during that time and even if i got like h1b getting like h4 ead takes a lot of time you have to have like uh, your pr in process so that the spouse can get a work permit so it just seemed like a long road ahead whereas uh, the option with mob squad uh, she get she got an open work permit so she would like start working from the day one and uh, all her visa steps uh, moved forward along with mine so there was like no delays or uh, any gap between the two visa process yeah, and i think that's that's a huge selling point mm -hmm. um for when it becomes evident that your path here in the u.s has kind of reached its end um your options really you can count them on one hand what they are and they're they're significantly limited so how's life in canada it's been so far really good uh i don't really find found much difference uh my lifestyle and everything remain is as same as it was in us um i haven't lived through the first winter yet so i uh, <laughs> can't comment on that but other than that everything is uh, very similar as us uh, I personally am feeling uh, much better because I don't have the immigration stress or that uncertainty which I was living through in the US. So it's just making me, or uh, I'm able to enjoy like even the smaller things more here compared to how I was living in back in the US. And mental health in 2022, you know, I think is something that's at the forefront of conversations uh really here in the the western world right north north america specifically um i, I did ask jessa and nicole when i had them on is it really in as cold in canada as, as everybody <laughs> leads americans to believe and um i'll be interested to know your opinion on that after you live through the first winter so okay a lot of folks that will be watching this um, either, you know, as soon as this uh, publishes or at a very future date, uh, what's the one piece of advice um, that you would give individuals who may be considering relocating to Canada? Yeah, like the most important advice I can give is this plan ahead, uh, being self-prepared, prepared, prepared uh, but things just makes uh, every process easier. Uh, in my case, like I was planning a year ahead, it gave me enough time. It gave Mob Squad enough time. It gave uh, my firm in US ample of time to uh, complete their end of processes. It just makes things easier. Uh, planning ahead always helps. The uh, so just just so share another information is that. Uh, since Mob Squad also supported me to get my uh, PR process done in uh, Canada, I was picked in the like the express entry pool a couple of weeks ago. So it just basically took me one month to uh, be in, in line for PR. 
but it all happened because I was also preparing for the documents that was needed, like IELTS examination you need to give. So all those things really help. Like if you are self-prepared, uh, you just give like the other people uh, enough time to uh, do their process. That's huge news when we talk about express entry. And I, I think one of the constant themes that I've talked about, like why GTS makes sense, specifically if you have experience here in the U.S. And, and again, like we talked about, your path here in the U.S. is, is kind of met its end. Um, working in a full-time role in Canada, the points that, that it weighs out for express entry um, is, is significant. And... You know, coupling that with your age and your your spouse, I'm assuming, you know, and her skill, um, it, it it almost guarantees you PR in, in Canada. And I think that's the one thing um, that Canada's getting right and we're not getting right here in the U.S. And I've talked about a points-based system a lot here as a constant theme on, on this channel. And I'm a huge proponent of a merit-based points system. Um, because to me, it, it's about first come, first serve. It's about fairness, but it's about skill and rewarding and rewarding that skill. So, Sarab, I really appreciate you taking time to, to share your story here today. I, I think that for those of you that um, are considering relocating to Canada, you know, Sarab's laid it out here where um, if you can find a U.S. employer who understands um, your individual situation and is open-minded to finding an alternate solution. Um, I, I think that that your story is a, a huge success story. Um, you know, you've been in Canada for for you know less than uh, you know six months, and now you're on the, the the path to PR. There, it's it's really incredible um, to to hear that, and um, you know, kind of a firsthand testimony. It's a, it's just a great story, and, and I really, really appreciate you coming on and um, and sharing that with uh, with us today. I did want to mention, you know, I had the chance to have um, Arafan Araf Kamani, the, the COO, President COO of Mob Squad, um, and as I mentioned, uh, Jessa and Nicole. Um, I've also had them on. So if, if you haven't, if you're hearing about Mob Squad for the first time here. Um, through today's interview, I will uh, link both of those videos in the, the description. But if you're interested in finding out more about Mob Squad, there is a link um, in the video description below. And, and I ask you to please use that link and make sure you let them know that, that you heard about uh, their services from the H1B guy and, and maybe even mention uh, Sarab's interview. Um, would, we, we both would really appreciate that um, because Sarab's taken some time out of, uh, of his day to come on and, and give his testimony and, and his journey. Um, so thank you so much, Sarab, for, for doing that and, and coming on and, and sharing your story. Um, so with that being said, I, I do want to mention again that, that today's post uh, was brought to you by Mob Squad. And as I mentioned, if you're a technology professional, Facing U.S. work visa-related challenges, don't leave your fate up to chance. Our partner, Mob Squad, has a solution, as you've heard here today from Sarab. 
Mob Squad helps technology professionals that are facing U.S. work visa-related uncertainty remain working with their current U.S. company nearshore from Canada, as well as technology professionals from around the world who are seeking an opportunity to find a rewarding career in North America. Through their partnership with the Canadian government, they can obtain a Canadian work permit for you and your spouse in as little as eight weeks, just as Sarab laid out for us here today. So whether you're looking to stay working with your current U.S. company or you want to find a new opportunity in Canada, please find out how the team at Mob Squad can help you via the link in the video description below. Join the squad. And I'd also like to thank our partners, perm-ads.com, the industry leader in providing a seamless experience for employers and immigration attorneys navigating the complex perm recruitment ad phase of the labor certification process as well as Syndesis and Path to Canada, the ideal plan B for high-skilled immigrants currently located in the U.S. whose status may be uncertain. So, Sarab, one last time, thank you so much. I really appreciate you joining me today uh, and coming on and, and sharing your story. Um, for those of you that have made it this far, I just want to say thank you so much for taking time to watch this interview here today with Sarab. And if you haven't already, please like this video. Make sure you're subscribed to the H1B Guy channel here on YouTube and click the bell for notifications so that you're notified anytime we post new content here to this channel. Drop us a comment. Let us know if this is an option that you are considering. Um, please, we'd, we'd love to hear from you. And, and if this is a, a path that you're, you're considering going down, um, if you do leave a comment here on the video, I'll be sure to, um, to reply back. And, and if I can help create any introductions in any way, um, I absolutely will do so. Please follow me on Twitter, um, Instagram, Facebook, Telegram. Uh, connect with me on LinkedIn if you haven't already. I'm Robert. I'm the H1B guy your global source for all things H1B.